back everyone to season two of Oz Hoopers TV, um, a revamped season. Um, it took some time to come back, but we're finally back. Um, more guests, uh, more stats, more biased, um, and just like a better listen. This episode is episode one featuring Kiefer Sykes, uh, point guard out of Southeast Melbourne, uh, joined them this year. One of the most underrated point guards in the competition at the moment. He's holding his own. Um, yeah, I think Southeast Melbourne have a very good shot at the title this year. I know they're very streaky, but Sykes is a massive part of it, and we're excited to have him on. Uh, I got my boy Coach Hesh here, uh, coach in Sydney. Um, if you want to introduce yourself, yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, as you said, Coach Hesh, um, I've been coaching basketball for a little while now, involved in the Sydney hoop scene out here, working with a lot of young talent, uh, all the way up to kind of, you know, the college guys and, and a couple of pro guys as well. Trying to make a difference, coach, and, and you know, the group head and their course. So, you know, excited to be on the podcast. 100%. He coaches, um, I met him through Ant Mundine, uh, coaches Diwali and Buru and all those top New South Wales athletes at the moment, which is uh, pretty cool. Um, so, yeah. So, the first thing we're going to get into some subtopics. Um, the first thing we're going to talk about uh, today, which we're recording this, it's currently Friday. Um, we're going to talk about Ben Simmons has just been named to Team LeBron, um, All-Star Reserve. Um, does he deserve it? Yes, man, without a doubt. I think I think Ben Simmons is is um, is certified, man. I think he's he's had a good season too. Like he's putting up decent numbers. Obviously, Philly are, are performing well as well. First in the um, East, yeah. First in the yeah, East. First in the East, and yeah, his numbers are, are good enough. But just watching him play, I'm, I mean, you'll get to notice through the podcast as well. I'm a, I'm a big eye test guy, so I don't really rely on numbers too much. I like watching and feeling and, and seeing what guys can do. And to me, he looks more poised than he ever has. Like, I just feel like he looks comfortable. Um, I feel that as well. Even like he's not implementing his shot, like he's not forcing it, and he still is like advancing his game more and more, I feel like. Just like yeah. slight things like IQ, passing, all that other stuff. Yeah. Defense, especially Defense. defensive player of the year. Yeah, this yeah. guy's coming up, man. So uh, under the um under the uh, reserve when they got announced, a lot of people were talking about, oh, why is Ben Simmons there? I think he was the most liked comment, like get Ben Simmons out of there or whatever. And I was just oh, like, really? come on, like you got to look at both ends. That's why Rudy Gobert's in there. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, who? I yeah, who got snubbed from the All Star game? Um, I know Chris Paul made it. I didn't think Chris Paul should have made it over Devin Booker. Yeah, but Chris Paul and Booker got added. Devin Booker got what? Well, he was at was he? Yeah, in um, yeah. I don't know about Chris Paul. Like, I mean, Chris Paul. To me, I always struggle with the All Star conversation because yeah. you could name like forty guys, and I'd be like, "Yep, they're All Star." <laughs> you yeah, know what I mean? Like, exactly. I so many, so many good, so much talent in the league. So it's hard to really differentiate and go. He's definitely an all-star. He's not an all-star. Yeah. But um, I see your point with Chris Paul. I mean, he's had, yeah, like, and there's some other guys that are probably putting up putting up decent numbers as well. Yeah. Ben Simmons this year is currently averaging 16 points, uh, eight rebounds and eight assists. So he's doing it all. How many steals and blocks is he averaging? Uh, 1.8. Yeah, I was going to say two steals. One 1.6 steals. steals and nearly yeah. one block a game. Yeah, so he's doing, yeah, he's doing his thing. Um, definitely sure. deserving of the spot. Um, what do you think? Do you think wins should be considered in that conversation? Or yeah, we were talking about that earlier. 
Um, yeah, we were. Uh, Hirsch doesn't think wins sh- not necessarily count, but it shouldn't impact a player's role on making the all-star team. No, I don't think they should. I, I think it should a little bit. I think Donovan and Rudy Gobert definitely deserve it. If you're first in the West, uh, not necessarily like saying the Utah Jazz shouldn't be first in the West, but I feel like with the Utah Jazz roster and what they're doing, um, the West is a very hard conference, and I feel like those two deserved it. Um, that's especially like why Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid should have made it because they're first in the West. But yeah, what are your thoughts on the winning and getting yeah, added to the list? Like I spoke about it. I mean, for me, it's like we're trying to rank players based on ability and talent and what they can do. And I see, I see the line of argument that you know what you can do on the floor should translate into winning. But but being, I think I've appreciated it more since I've been a coach. Like so many things have to occur for you to win games. I mean, exactly. There's so many kind of contextual factors and variables from front office to back office to coaching to team chemistry to, you know, there's just heaps of things, man. Like, and, and I think to just go, hey, they're winning. He's the best player on the winning team. He's an all-star. I think it's a little bit like, uh, I don't know if it's logically, it makes that much sense. Yeah, I, like, I, I, I like the eye test. I, I would love, much prefer to have a discussion about like, watching Donovan Mitchell as opposed to Devin Booker and sitting down and talking about their game, you know? Exactly. Um, another another Australian doing his thing in the NBA right now is, while we're talking about the Jazz, Joe Ingles. Um, I've been, ever since I started winning, I've been tuning into a couple games, like a couple quarters and that. Um, and they play good basketball. Joe Ingles sitting in the corner. Um, he even comes off high on the picks and he's using his playmaking abilities which I think we were speaking earlier. You said you need, you think Giddy should watch a lot of Ingles tape or whatever and try and implement his game off Ingles a bit more. I think there's, there's a few similarities. I don't like to always compare players because I know, you know, everyone's there, it stays in their own yeah. lane and figures it out for themselves. But I see some similarities. Joe Ingles is, um, he's, he's like, I think he's underrated. I yeah, think he's, he's legit. Yeah, man, he's legit. Yeah. Like he, I, I think he's having he's the best good. season he's had so far. In his career right I now, know, I don't know what the numbers are like. What is he looking at? Like, must be like twelve a game or something like that. Yeah, he's currently averaging this season. He's averaging eleven, three, and four. I actually thought it was yeah. better than that, but I mean, they are winning. He's coming. Is he starting? I have no idea. But I think he's starting. Yeah, I think he is starting, and I think he uh, he plays a key role in that team. He There's, does. He's man. had some massive games. He does when he, when he plays well. I think the Jazz play well. That's probably why they're first, because he's having a, having a pretty consistent season. The best thing I like about him, man, like I, I don't really, I think he knows exactly what he does well and what he what he can't really do, and he stays in it. Like he's he's super kind of, he stays true to that, and he's shooting the three at a high clip. Like you said, he's he's efficient in on ball situations or high high ball screens. So, no, nah, I've always been a fan of of slow mo Joe. Um, yeah. And people and people probably say like, oh. Why should Giddy implement Ingles? But if you watch Ingles and the Boomers and stuff like that, he becomes like the facilitator for that team, even for Jazz and stuff like that. Like he's got um, playmaking ability. No, 100%. Not, yeah, exactly. But yeah, you don't average you don't average four and a half assists in the league without being able yeah. to kind of dine a little bit. No, his his instinct in the on ball screens is, is tough, and I think Giddy kind of you know we'll talk about Giddy later. I know we, yeah. we plan to do that, but yeah, he's kind of similarities. I see them for sure. Um, Paddy Mills is also doing his thing um, in the NBA. Spurs are doing all right. But, yeah, it's good to see the um, Aussies leaving a footprint. Um, and it looks like there's a couple of good guys coming up. 
So hopefully Australia's going to keep growing um, in the NBA. For sure. Um, yeah. So another thing that will make our league a bit bigger, um, the new NBL Next Stars movie that just came out. Have uh, you seen the trailer for that? I've seen the trailer. Yeah, it looks, it looks really, yeah. I was, it came out of nowhere. I didn't see much hype about it. I just saw the trailer drop and they're like, it comes out this week. And I was like... Yeah, what? I, I yeah. didn't see no... No, I didn't see nothing. But the, the actual um, videography and stuff like that, it looks really well done. Um, I think it'll... I know it's only in some cinemas, Hoyts, I think it is. Um, but yeah, I think a lot of people will see that and they'll it'll shine a light on how we do things down here and maybe possibly, you know persuade some people that the MBL route is the way to go or I think that that process is already underway. Yeah. I've been on for a little while now. Um, but that movie is going to be, I'm, I'm excited for it for sure. Yeah. Facts. I'm going to go give it a watch. Um, what are your thoughts on the MBL's recruiting process? Um, the next stars. I haven't looked too much into it and I wanted to actually research into it and actually wrap my head around exactly what they do um, and how it all works. Yeah, um, I, I got to do some research on it, but but it, the fact that they're getting kind of lottery picks down here, um, they must be doing something right. You know? Yeah, I, I wasn't that big on the um NBL to be honest. Um, yeah, I know I'm part of this page and I should, probably should have been, but um, yeah, I wasn't that big on it. Um, when I saw Lamelo was coming, it was kind of like, is this even real? Like Lamelo yeah, Ball, yeah. one of the biggest hyped high school players ever coming to Australia to play um, was pretty massive. Um, and then I started to get into it last year and I'm like fully into it this year. Like games yeah. are on double headers and stuff, NBL cup. I'm sitting down watching them and stuff like that. Like I get like entertained and stuff. So I think it helps a bit when um, I filmed a few of the guys and like I'm rooting for them, but yeah, the NBL is good. Um, definitely improving, um, but it's good I'm to say. About like uh, whether it's the route to go, I think, um, Definitely Lamelo Ball, man. That whole process. RJ Hampton, he gets slept on too. Like he came yeah. through too, and and he didn't make that much noise in the NBL, but it still put him on the on the map a little bit. And yeah. now that the great thing is for guys like Giddy and Mo King and all these kind of younger guys that have NBA aspirations, now NBA scouts and GMs or whatever they watch the league. Like yeah, exactly. Playing, I guarantee they will have you know yeah, people NBA watching. guys. Yeah, they're watching everything yeah, he does. So sure. great exposure, man. Uh, and like if guys like you who are basketball fans can get behind it off the back of the ball, then it's just going to continue to grow, man. What's yeah, up? Exactly. Um, I think uh, we'll move into Josh Giddy now because we're on the topic of the uh, NBL contracts and the rising stars. I think Giddy, what he did is pretty much close to perfect. Um, everything's falling in line for him. Uh, Donald Sloan. Uh, I'm not sure what happened to him. I think he was a bit unhappy with his role or he got injured, um, but he's left. So the point guard role opened up. Um, yeah. He's got a, two great bigs to be surrounded by, uh, DJ and Humphreys. Yeah. So I just think things are lining up for him. I, I know he had Melbourne United on the radar and yeah. people were like, oh, why not? Why not? Um, but I think 36 was the right choice. Um, they're playing through him. He's getting the ball in his hands. And That's I think big me, yeah. like I, we talked about that too. Like I, man, I've been around basketball for a fair, a long time, and every team you ever go to, whether it's kind of you know at the representative level, pro level, semi-pro level, wherever it's at, like if you're a young kid, 
it's always tough to like earn your stripes, like you know that rookie treatment and all that type yeah. of stuff. I mean, I'm watching Adelaide games and these guys just getting yeah. the ball, it, like transition against the ball, breakdown situations against the ball. Yeah, it's like, Usage rate is, is high. And it's a credit to him. I'm not trying to hate. I'm trying to say, like, that's that's great that they're doing that. And they should do that for more young kids, you know? Yeah. It's his it's his team, I feel like, when he steps on the court, balls in his hands. Especially Humphreys is out four to six weeks now, so he's going to have to step it up a little bit more. But I feel like when he's dropping 15, 10, and six games, um, it's hard to look past, especially when you're um, one of the teams in the NBA, when someone's doing that professionally overseas compared to um, – I feel like if you, if they are good numbers in college, but you're getting outshined by the college athletes, if you know what I mean. For sure. For sure. Um, and I think there's a good, there's a good kind of um, reputation the Australian league has, the NBL yeah. has, of being like a tough league. Tough league, yeah. man, like it's scrappy basketball. And if you can be composed in that environment, I think it goes a long way to like just letting guys know that, oh, he can hang with grown men at age 18 yeah. um, and he doesn't get flustered. Like, he looks in control, like you said. It's his team, and that's, that's big. Especially in the NBA, where, like, usage rates are high. Like, you're going to get the ball a lot if you're a ball-dominant player. and You have to be able to make good decisions, which he's proven he can. 100%. Um, what are your actual thoughts on Giddy's build and play style? Not, not what he's doing, but, like, his actual game itself. For sure. I think, um, I think he's... His build is obviously an attractive part of his game. Like he's long six six eight, is he six nine listed? Yeah, six there. eight, I think. Looks like he's got some length about him. He's sneaky, athletic too. Like he'll he'll bang out on the break once in a while, like and you know, pin someone to the board. So yeah. he's got that kind of sneaky hop. Um, but his game, the most impressive thing for me is his poise and like instincts. He just feels like he's in control the whole time. Yeah. Um, he doesn't look like love- he's freaking out. Never, never. Like, and, and young guys do that. In fact, vets do that. Like, it's easy to happen in basketball, I think. And he, he kind of has that calming aura about him, um, which I think is the biggest thing that he has. In terms of his game deficiencies, I, I don't know how I feel about his, his three ball. I haven't looked at the numbers and how he's shooting it, but I'm not convinced that he's confident in it yet. And that takes practice and time as well. I think probably in junior basketball, he got away with not having to rely on the three. He could have gone mm. anywhere on the floor and, and put up huge numbers, you know. So now it's kind of like they're taking things away. They're going to go to drops coverages and they're going to test them in different ways. And it's going to be interesting to see like if he can really extend that range and be comfortable. Yeah. I think like if I was to, to put it, I, I don't want to compare to players. I know I'm doing it again, but like Doncic is another one on the higher end that he should be looking at. I feel like he's been um compared to Doncic a lot. Donc, Doncic, yeah. however you say his name. But yeah, continue. Yeah. yeah, I see that. I see that comparison. Doncic, one thing that he does very well, we all know this, is he sh- shoots the ball and he's confident in shooting the ball. Uh, I would like to see Giddy. I want to see like just come out and, and you know, any time they go under a screen, he's able to set his feet and launch it. Um, so there's a couple of things I'm waiting. Reserve judgment. I want to see how he kind of develops, but but I definitely think he's got the the tools to be a, a pro for like a very long time, and that's proven. NBA, I'm, I'm torn whether I think he'll be successful or not. You know, yeah. I'll, I'll see. Um, my opinion, uh, before I start, I want to say shout out to Josh Giddy. Um, definitely surprised me in the NBL. I uh, didn't think he'd be playing as good as he did. So I underestimated him. Um, and when he came for the interview last season, uh, he's very well spoken, which I feel like um, teams look at, you know, when people are very well spoken, they're like, you know, got a good character to them. People see that stuff and yeah, but 
when I watched him at nationals, um, he had a couple iffy games when I watched him live. Um, he had a couple, like, uh, I think he had like a six point game, a 10 point game. And I was like, he, he does, he looks like he was controlling the game, but he just wasn't like scoring. And I was just like, is his scoring like, you know, up there, but yeah, yeah it is. <laughs> um, <laughs> in the NBA, I don't know. He, the grand final game against Queensland, he turned up. I think he like, he hit the buzzer beater, of course, if most of you have seen the, the buzzer beater that we posted, um, shot the first one, bounced back, caught it, hit it again. But yeah, that final game, he stepped up to the plate. Um, but yeah, in the NBL, he's really showing his scoring. Um, you said three-pointer, but the last two games, he shot two for five. And then the game, oh yeah, the game before that, I think he shot three for six or something. So it's it's coming. Um, yeah. I don't think it's something to necessarily look at and go like, oh. But yeah, he's still young, can definitely develop a shot. Um, more consistent shot, but yeah, I'm rooting for him. Uh, oh, I hope, sure. yeah, I hope he goes lottery, um, maybe higher. Um, but yeah, I'm rooting for him. I hope he comes to the Wizards. <laughs> yeah, I do. He, um, I, I, I'm rooting for him too. Like I root for, I mean, I don't. I'm not trying to throw shade at anyone. So I root for everyone really. But yeah, I'm gonna be interested to see his journey, man. I, I think he's he's gonna get. I think he's gonna get drafted. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, um, I'm going to be interested to see how he survives the NBA. I think this, the play style is very different. Um, I think the coaching um, in the NBA will also be good for him. Yeah, for sure. I mean, all of it will be good for him without yeah, a doubt. 100%. Just going to be interested to see. Like my, my main concern with him is like, is he able to shoot the ball? And obviously we haven't touched on this. Defensively, I want to know if he can guard. I want to see if he can guard, like if he gets switched out. I was speaking so, about that um, to yeah. you earlier as well. I feel like he makes some smart reads on defense. I've seen a couple steel plays and stuff like that. But yeah, there's just a few things he has to tighten up. But that's like everyone, I guess. But of yeah. Um, but yeah, sh- shout out to Josh Giddy. Um, we're backing you. Um, and Definitely. when there's 36 games, I get excited. I feel like that's one of the teams in the comp that I look forward to watching because to watch the Josh Giddy show. But yeah. Sure. Um, Josh Giddy was also announced into the Boomers Tokyo 2020. I think they keep calling it, but it's in 2021. Um, yeah, the Boomers roster, the 24-man squad. Um, what do we think of the roster? I think I think the roster, it it's good. It's definitely a team that I think will fight. Um, our best roster to date, I think. Ben Simmons um, is going to be exciting to watch. Um, Exum. All those other guys. I was actually pretty excited to see um, Will McDowell. Um, I've gotten the chance to film a lot of his NBL one games, um, and he is very good. Um, I, th- I hope he makes the final roster. I think he's very deserving of the final roster spot. Um, very good facilitator. Plays the wing. Can shoot the three ball. Can pass. Athletic. Um, I definitely think that um, if anyone in the Australian team's watching this, definitely consider him. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Um, no, I like I like the squad. I like the squad. I, I looked at it. I mean, it's twenty four man right now, so I, I don't think there's too much contention about who's going to be yeah. in that squad. Maybe a couple down the the back end of it, but like the, the main guys are there, and I agree with you. I think it's our best Australia's best squad to date. To date, um, yeah. I have to say that. We have to say that without yeah. a doubt. Um, so it's it's going to be it's going to be interesting, man. Uh, Will McDowell White. I haven't seen a lot of him. I mean, I've seen your edits of him, and I've seen okay. you shoot him. 
I've seen a bit of that, and he looks tough, no doubt about it. Um, I think I think he'll be a spark off the bench, even if they give him a little bit of minutes. I think he can be that. He plays um G League for. Uh, How's he doing? Have you, have you kept a track of that? Yeah, I have. Uh, he he's getting minutes like. 10, 15 minutes a game. Sometimes he gets 20 and he's coming on. He's dropping six sometimes. Sometimes he'll have like four, but he'll he'll fill the stat sheet. He'll have four, four, four. But can he yeah. play the one? Yeah, he can play the one. Definitely okay. can play the one. But okay. I would play him at the two or three. But yeah. his team's a bit stacked. They got um his team's got Kevin Porter Jr. and all that. So yeah. But yeah, he's good. Um definitely um a standout when I was reading the rosters. Um who would you start? Have you got the rosters up? Pick your starting uh, five. Right here. Let me have a look. Um, I think you got to go with with um, Simmons. Yeah. You got to go with, I think, Patty Mills, man. Well, who are you um, running at the one? Yeah, I think Simmons. I think Simmons yeah. is, is a great facilitator. Patty Mills is is proven that he is can be a scoring off guard. I remember that when we beat USA in Melbourne, when was yeah. that, two years ago? Last year, something like that? Something like that. Marketing them, man. Yeah. Like just off the ball, coming off turnouts. And yeah, like he's unreal. And, and Simmons loves to facilitate and his tempo management is supreme. So I'd, I'd be getting that ball to Simmons a lot at the one. Um, Paddy Mills at the two. I think I think Joe Ingles at the three. Yeah. Uh, those, are, those are the three guys i definitely put there. Probably play um, Don. Yeah. Okay. I'd have to put Don, Don at the four or the five. And then that that other big man spot, there's a couple that you could go with. I think it might yeah. be matchup related. It might be a lot of things related, but you know, there's um you Jock Landell makes a case, man. Like he's hooping, like uh, out, he's, I'm putting like, Jock at my five. Yeah, uh, really. What about um I, I put Bane, I put Bane? I put Baines at my four because he can shoot you, it. You don't you don't start Don? I don't start Don. Only well, Baines, Baines is better NBA player than Thon Maker right now. Uh-huh. I think anyone can agree with that. But I don't know. I think Aaron Baines did all right against um, Melbourne in that. When I when he was playing the last one, he shot the ball pretty well. Um, yeah. Good defender. I mean, yeah. that's. I think I'd agree with you, but I'd switch Thon for Aaron Baines. Yeah, fair enough. What about um, a... Um, what's his name? Isaac Humphreys. He's born too. Yeah. Spot. I, I'd probably... It's tough. Because you got Magna as well. So who are you yeah, bringing on the bench? Yeah. There's some bigs, man. Damn, yeah. I'm the rest. There's some bigs, man. Like, yeah, I don't know. Uh, maybe. You got Brokoff too. Brian Brokoff yeah. can, can throw the ball. He'd, I'll probably be like my punch off the bench. You know? Yeah. Brokoff. Um, you got um, Exum. Is Exum Delhi is playing? Who? Uh, Delhi. Is Delhi on the roster? Yeah, Delhi on the squad. Yeah, yeah. Delhi, Delhi on the squad. I think he's going to kind of be more of that like locker room. Mm. leadership that type presence he'll probably play spot minutes and crunch time i'm sure they can rely on him to do yeah. certain things but um we got some young talent and and young bucket getters that i think have earned their right to kind of go out there and perform um i love the inclusion of jenga dell when he i think he was left out a couple yeah. of years ago he was but i, I think. think i was a bit shocked at that i've, I've watched dang a little bit and he's and i'm sold on him i think he's yeah. nba talent, so i think he, i love him being in there he had a he had a bit of a rough start to the NBL season, but last game he had 19 points. And yeah, yeah, he's starting to turn heads. So yeah. I'd take I mean, on, on the lower end of that, I, I know they've included Mitch McCarron and, and Mitch Norton, who are both um obviously premier guards in the NBL and they do their thing. I don't know 
how or for who, but I would love to see Kadi in there. We spoke about this too. Like, I think Kadi is is, is certified. Yeah. Uh, I think he's been doing. Like I said, I'm a, I'm an eye test guy, and when I watch him play, I get this sense that he's like really controlling and and knows what he's doing out there with the ball in his hands. Um, so I would have liked to see him maybe you know trying to get on the cusp of that. Um, I think another person that was snubbed, in a sense, was Nathan Sobey. Um, for okay. anyone that doesn't know, he's definitely in the MVP conversation. Me as a Bullets fan, it's a, it could be a bit biased, but I definitely think that. How, uh, I think he's averaging like 25-something points. Um, Bullet, Bullets aren't even doing that bad. But, yeah, I think definitely um, check the stats um, compared to some of the other guys on the roster. I know most of them are there, necessarily won't make the roster. They're just there for camp and whatnot but yeah i don't know i feel with Sobey, man I, I watched him like as a when he first came into the nbl and he was just highlight plays like he was yeah dunk people and catching hoops and stuff and i was always like whoa this guy's a bit scary with that type of stuff but i always felt like he was rushed and out of control and was just like trying to always do things i feel like yeah. with brisbane when i watched him play like he's just finding his rhythm now and it, 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 does, it looks like a light 20 a game you know what i mean it's not like yeah. he's it's easy and, it's easy points he might not yeah, have a good game. He's checked the stat sheet. He's got 22. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. So, no, yeah. I definitely think that's a bit of a snub. Him, him, him and Kadi both think snubbed. Kadi, um, like like I said before, one of the players I've filmed a lot. Um, easily one of the best shooters I've ever seen live. Um, he's got a green light. Um, every time he shoots it, I think that's in. Like, I'm surprised when he misses. But, yeah, he, he kills it down in the... Um, He's killing it at bullets, and he's definitely um, the LeBron of NBA One North. <laughs> um, I think he's like three peat. I think he's like three peated and MVP or whatever. Yeah. Anyway, the other thing that we uh, the Boomers roster could potentially have is Bryce Cotton, NBL um, star, um, but he's sorting out his visa. Even if he does get his visa, though. They have to, I heard something, I could be wrong, but they have to pick out of him or Matisse um, from Philly, which is a tough choice, especially if you've named Matisse. You can't really kick him off the roster. I mean, you could so bring him to... Like a visa rule or something like that. It, it's, it's something like that. I heard, I don't know the exact um, context to it, but if you have a visa, you can only have so many of those players. I don't know. It's something like that, but Matisse is one yeah. of them. And if they want Bryce, they have to kick one of them off yeah so it's a hard discussion but yeah if i heard if bryce gets his visa perth get another import which could be very scary um Man. <laughs> yeah. but yeah bryce versus matisse like yeah, if that's the, if that's the decision they have to make i mean I, I think it heavily depends on on the roster that they go with as well like what do you need to fill out that spot um matthias i think Tybles, he, he's known as a defensive player isn't he like he claps up yeah but then yeah, again, yeah. then again, we are very defense heavy. I feel like at yeah, the hard spot. Sure. So I don't know. Uh, I mean, it's up to them. It's not like Bryce doesn't play D. Like he's he he's pretty tough, man. Yeah. I know he's he's he plays like little man syndrome style. Like he he'll just get well full court and, and not afraid to guard the post. Like I really like Bryce's game. Liked it for a long time in the NBL. It's a tough tough choice. I might have to sit on the fence on that one. I'm not sure. To be fair, I don't know too much about Matisse Thibault, and I don't like to make decisions when i don't have all the information generally so um i'll, I'll maybe look into that one
I'm popping the seal in Barney's. I'm signing a deal with a sharpie. I went to sleep smoking on the backwood and I'm burning the carpet. I grew up in vacant apartments. They pressing up pills retarded. They don't even care if niggas steady dying from it. They just flood in the market. Off them drugs, I nodded. I'm with the killers regardless. Don't ask me why I got a gun on me because these niggas be killing Hello. the artists. What's up, bro? How you doing? Yeah, hold on, man. I'm good. You have, we appreciate you coming on the show. Um, it's a massive ask and a lot of your time, but yeah, we appreciate you having on, uh, coming on Thanks, in. Um, so we're going to start off with early life. Um, you're the youngest of nine children. Um, what, what, how, like, what got you into basketball? Uh, what got me into basketball was, um, you know, coming from a city like Chicago. You know, we had Michael Jordan. Everybody wanted to play basketball, like, everywhere I went in the inner city. Like, you know, basketball was what we did. Like, it was a way for us to get out of our communities. Um, like I said, inspired by Michael Jordan. But uh, it was a way for, you know, us African-American kids to make it to the NBA, you know, one of the highest levels in the world in that sport. So, you know, um, it's just something that I always did. My dad was a coach and he kind of, you know, coached me and, uh, you know, put me in the right places. You know, I had a lot of good coaches growing up. So um, it was something that just came easy for me, I would say, you know, just being in the city, being in front of the city and, uh, you know, coming from a sports family, a lot of brothers and sisters, I just, you know, just fell in love with the game early. Yeah, 100%. Um, what was it like um, growing up with Chicago? I know you've got a lot of stuff about um, Chicago um, all over the place. You made a documentary, um, which I'm yet to see. I will watch it soon. Um, and I saw something on your Instagram. Uh, I think it was a Greek reporter. And he asked you, like, um, he asked you, like, oh, uh, could I walk around Chicago wearing this or whatever? <laughs> and you looked at you looked at him up and down. You're like, nah, <laughs> whatever. Uh, made me laugh. But yeah, what does Chicago mean to you? Uh, Chicago mean everything to me. Like you said, uh, for me to be a basketball player, to have a documentary, you know, named after my city, uh, that shows you know my life, you know, my city and my family. Yeah, that's. You know, it just made it just makes the city that much more special and more important to me. I'm definitely loyal to my city. Um, do a lot of work in the city, always going home as much as I can. And um, even when I'm away, always staying on US time, just doing a lot, you know, for my city and for my country. So, you know, to get around the world and go to see all these places because of basketball, like you say, from my from my early years, you know, just loving the game and it taking me this far. I just show you how special the game is. You just meet so many people. And uh, it, it, it can just, you know, give you give you so many ex experiences as you gain fans and play in front of people along the way. But, um, you know, like Chicago is, is, is everything to me. Um, you definitely got to check out the film. Yeah. Um, you know, it was, it, was, it was tough growing up. So, you know, like I had all these blessings and this God-given talent, you know, thank God to be able to get out from the game of basketball. Like I said, the game's so beautiful. You know, it's done a lot for me and my family. And um, just my career and just being able to take care of myself in the city. But as you will see on the film, it's a lot of, you know, roadblocks, obstacles. It's really hard to, to make it from there. You know, a lot of things go wrong. You know, a lot of my friends uh, went to jail. You know, just the, the system and the laws and things that we have in place in the States and growing up in poverty, um, it's, it's just hard. 
you know, for us to have those opportunities. So I'm blessed to go and play all these places. But, you know, a lot of people get caught up in the violence. And um, just to, I would say, it just it, it seems like it's, um, it's a lot true. of track at home. So, you know, I just want to be light, continue to be light for the city and just continue to, like, do that, do everything God wants me to do to basketball, you know, for the city. Um, I think that, I think that, I'm obviously from the States, we grew up in Sydney, but Chicago has a reputation of producing like hard, hard nosed kind of tough basketball players. Uh, so you, you find that you, you think that you find that different cities in America, like kind of produce different type of athletes. Yeah, uh, that's for sure. Uh, it's different. Definitely. Uh, you know, the States is, is big, you know, on the, on the West coast and Cali, you know, they got a lot of, a lot of, you know, players, youth players, you know, Drew League, all these type of leagues. You know, a lot of guys in the NBA, you know, like the Bay Area, obviously, you know, players from Texas, like, say, Chicago, New York. You know, I mean, it's, it's a blessing because, like I said, it's players really all over the world, you know, that's even playing the NBA. So for me to go in all these different leagues and see all these different players, but, um, you know, for, for, you know, for the States, for us to you know, have a lot of talent, um, yeah, it just shows, like you say, different styles. Like Chicago, we play hard, so we always want to give ourselves opportunity. You know, New York play with, like, style. You know, the score got, you know, guards. So, um, you know, it's a beautiful thing. Like I say, the game just, you know, all over the states, but definitely in our city, Chicago. Um, how did the filmmakers reach out to you about making that film? How did it all go about? Yeah, so the filmmakers, they were filming uh, my senior year, the top 30 seniors. And, um, you know, they was trying to get this project about, you know, basketball and like I said, the inner city, the violence and all the things that we go through. And I guess uh, they, they didn't have a film that they wanted, you know, with the all-star group. So then, um, you know, the things that was happening in my life, I went to a smaller school, as you will see on the film, and I was able to play early as a freshman, you know, um, just do a lot of things. Being the youngest, I was the youngest um, freshman. I was the youngest college player in the whole country, in the whole United States. I was 17, um, you know, playing in college half of the season until my birthday at the end of December. But, um, you know, to get an opportunity to play early on a smaller program gave me a bigger stage. And, you know, I just rose year and year, continued to get better and, um, you know, worked my way up to the, to the, you know, being almost drafted. So, um, you know, it, it, all of that was just – you know, a, a blessing for me. Um, you attended Marshall High School. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then you got two, you were standout and you got two um, D1 offers, uh, one from Wisconsin Green Bay. Um, and uh, what was the other one from? Uh, Eastern Illinois University. That's where my friend Alfonso McKinney went. Yeah. That uh, he plays for the Lakers, man. So, yeah, he's tough. He played for the Warriors uh, not long ago. Yeah. Yeah. So um, um, was there any decision I, I, or was it you were always going to go to Wisconsin? Uh, it, it was it was an easy decision for me. My father wanted me to go there, and they had, you know, two senior guards leaving. So, like I said, I'll have an opportunity to play early. And uh, like I said, I was able to break records, and then they wanted to, you know, just shoot the film about me with things happening back home and me being a star on the court as I got better year to year. So that's how the, the filmmakers found the story. But um, 
but yeah, I mean, I want to just answer that question for. Uh, can you repeat that question one more time? Um, was there any uh, choice between the two colleges, or was it always going to be um, Green Bay? Oh yeah, so it was a uh, it was an easy decision because, like I said, I'll be able to play. But uh, I wanted to go to Eastern Illinois because my friend Alfonso McKinney, yeah. you know, he went, but then he ended up transferring to uh, Green Bay with me. You know, he went on to play in the NBA. From Marshall, also, uh, we have Patrick Beverly, who plays for yeah, the Clippers. From Marshall. And, uh, you know, had two other documentaries, Hoop Dreams on Arthur A.G. and Willie Gathers. That was, you know, a film, Hoop Dreams, a, a popular basketball film shot from a player that went to Marshall. And uh, Hoop Reality was shot about Patrick Beverly. So, um, you know, everything is – I like to always mention those things to say just how everything just always seemed connected. You know, even how I got over here to play to Australia with, uh, you know, like players like Bryce Cotton, uh, Lamar Patterson, Orlando. But, you know, high school, we was a strong team. I wanted to follow my best friends to Eastern Illinois, but then I ended up going to Green Bay because the opportunity was there. And it worked out. He came to play with me, and now we both pros and all of us are – you know, pros. For sure. How important is that for, for young high school guys? Obviously, the dream for a lot of high school basketball talent here is to get over to the States and play college ball. How important is that decision-making process to know, all right, am I going to play as a freshman or is it better to go to a, a better program or maybe I'll get, you know, other opportunities? Like, was that a big influence factor for you, the fact that you were going to play early? Yeah, it was definitely a big fact that I'll be able to play early. You know, I wanted to go somewhere where I would be able to play and shine rather than always picking a university. And uh, like you said, I mean, I know play, for players over here with the ultimate goal being the NBA, they have to take so many different routes. And, um, you know, same with me, how I've just been taking a route, playing in different countries. Uh, you know, college decision is, is definitely a very important decision. Nowadays, even high school decisions with kids going to prep school, you know, with, with COVID, with players not even going to college, you know, players getting paid to play and going straight to the, to the NBA, you know, pretty much our guys, I would say do it here, guys do it in Europe, you know, they straight go pro there, go to the, the highest levels. Um, every decision is, is, is starting to be more and more important, important as you develop your game and our game of basketball continues to get better and improve as it gets, you know, popular. You know, it's, you know, an NBA makes the probably, you know, one of the most, the biggest salaries for athletes, you know, that the contracts are, contracts are now just getting explosive you know 250 million plus to be up to you know 300 million you know who Crazy knows stuff. You know, um, you know, as the game bro it gets more serious and uh and yeah every decision is important and i may you know i always try to make the best ones for me too um me and hesh were talking about before um how it would have been hard for an undersized point guard uh to make it out i mean even to go pro or whatever um would you say like that affected you in any way or was it harder or? Yeah. I mean, definitely being undersized is uh, always a challenge. You know, you, you know, I'm blessed to be able to be play bigger than my size, you know, my athleticism, you know, my vertical and me being able to jump and also with my quickness, you know, my strength, um, you know, my, it gives me the ability to do things like rebound, um, you know, score and pass at a higher level. So, um, you know, still still have to always prove myself with me being one of the smaller guys on the court. But, you know, I just want to continue to work on, you know, being an elite decision maker whenever I had a basketball, you know, because that's what all the game really comes down to. So um, that's what been able to help me stand out, you know, 
you know, be a premier player and continue to, you know, rise up in my pro career, like you said, from being underrated, where people didn't even think I would be a pro, to now being a pro who, you know, holds records, championships, and, you know, being a better player in, um, you know, a lot of leagues that I've played in. Um, we, uh, I had a look at uh, everywhere you played, a long list, um, including 12, I think it was 12 clubs in five months or something like that. Um, you start, you got, um, is that right? 12 in five months or something? Uh, five clubs in 12 months. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Um, I read somewhere as well that you are a bit of a, um, homebody. You didn't really, you were, um, contemplating going to college away from home. Um, <laughs> I think that changed a little bit now. I think you've been a lot of places and stuff like that. Um, yeah. What would you say, um, about traveling the world? Um, is it a dream come true playing everywhere professionally and stuff like that? Yeah, I mean, the game of basketball always, you know, taking me so many places. You know, even when I was a kid, you know, we would travel to play. Um, you know, I definitely love the adventure of the game of basketball. Um, you know, like I said, traveling to college, you know, we played, go travel, playing, go, go to all these schools, you know, take foreign trips. Um, and then, like you said, as I come a pro, you know, early in my career, I haven't found, you know, the I've been moving up and, and changed leagues. So I haven't found a team where I was able to get a two, three year contract where I've called this team home. So, you know, also with, with COVID, uh, yeah, it gave me an opportunity to play for two different teams as the season stopped. And as the season began, you know, I played for two other teams on short contracts, you know, before I came here, because this league started late because of COVID. So that's why I was able to come here when it started so late. Um, you know, the game of basketball is definitely taking me far. I'm a, I would say I'm a homebody as far as loving to be in Chicago. I'll be when I'm on va- when I'm at home. I feel like I don't travel enough. You know, I just spend all my time in Chicago now. Yeah. But um, as far as leaving for the game, exploring, you know, when I do sign the deals and you know think about what's best for me and my family, I uh, it's very important for me to choose. You know, a good experience. You know, where I'm happy, and uh, you know that's kind of how I've been deciding what's been working for me. But uh, yeah, the game is taking me far. Made me uh, definitely making me happy. And like I said, doing a lot for for my home. You know, for the city, I'm able to do a lot for the city. You know, just through the game and always, you know, like think of that first. For sure, you, you touched on something there that that I wanna wanted to ask you about the short term deals. Obviously, you, you hear about long term deals being signed, two to three years, like you said, calling people, calling places home. What, how did you cope with the grind of, of, you know, not knowing where your next club was or where your next check was coming from? And, you know, you were kind of months at a time figuring out where you were going to live, what city you were going to live. Did that become more easier over time or you're just used to it now? Or? Yeah, it's definitely gotten easier over time. You know, at first it was hard, you know, being going away. You know, everything definitely not easy. So it's good that you ask these questions, man, these great questions. So, you know, I hope people appreciate it. But, um, yeah, first, you know, going abroad, you know, seeing different, going to places, speak different languages uh, where you, you're you there and you can't even read, you know, signs or anything like that because, like, in Asia, like that, they don't even have alphabets, you know, they just have symbols, you know, so you, you know, can't speak the language. It, it, it's tough at first, but um, like I said, as you, as you get better, you're able to, like I said, I'm able, I'm able to just, you know, trust God and trust the grind, work hard to where now I've been able to choose, you know, where I want to go you know, going to different because I've able to have options where, you know, I could decline maybe something that's more money for a better city, for a better situation, whatever the case may be. And then um, through COVID, 
I was just able to, you know, get blessed to where uh, the season picked up late and wanted to finish. So I did a one-month deal, and then I did another one-month deal in uh, EuroLeague, Panthinaikos, um, because of an injury. So like I said, then with this season starting late, I was able to play on three teams, you know, just because of last year I played on an extra team because the season ended. So uh, COVID just made made it a crazy time for me, you know, but me being a good player, I was able to t test myself on different teams in a short stint and, you know, just see what I could bring to them as far as value on the short, you know, short term. And I always like the challenge. So I wanted to do that and make myself uncomfortable as well than just settling for any deal. So, um, you know, this deal has all definitely been working out right. Like I said, it all feels connected with, uh, you know, us having a strong team. Ryan Brokaw coming back. You know, I played with him. I played against him in college. And, um, you know, us being a, a two-year team working our way up the rankings. But, uh, you know, it gets easy over time with the challenge, you know, with the grind. Just stay true to the grind, work hard. And, uh, you know, the good the, the situations are, are going to present themselves, I believe. So I just trust in the game. And uh, I give it to the game so I know how to give it back to me. Um, I'm just going to read the list of places you've been over the past couple of years for people who don't know. So you got signed to the – you went undrafted in 2015. Um, then you were signed by the Cavs. Correct me if I'm wrong on any of these. Um, and then you did a summer league, preseason, G League with the Spurs. Um, and then you did Warriors summer league the year after. Um, and then you went to the Korean League and you got drafted and you won the Korean League championship. Is that correct? Yeah. yeah. Um, and then you had a little bit of a uh, speed bump where you did your ankle or something like that. Was that injury severe or it was just? Uh, uh, it, was, uh, it was at the end of the season, so I just couldn't finish. Oh, uh, okay. The last, there was only three games left. Oh, all right. Um, so it was great. Yeah. Um, and then you went to Turkey, um, Italy, China, EuroLeague, um, and then you went back to Turkey, and then Greece, and now you're in Australia. Now I went back to Italy with uh, Milan, EuroLeague, Armani yeah. Exchange. Um, and then, yeah, I went back to Turkey uh, before that. I mean, after that. Yeah. For uh, the BCL uh, Champions League Final Eight. Yeah, and then I went to Greece, and then, yeah, now I ended up here. Um, so how many languages can you speak? <laughs> um, I mean, I wouldn't say I can speak languages, but I can say yeah. certain words in these languages. Yeah. Um, Italian, Turkish, um, maybe Chinese if I think hard enough. <laughs> yeah. Chinese too much, but uh, in Korea, I had a translator, so. Was there any um, language barrier? Well planned. Yeah, it's definitely a language barrier. In Korea, we had a translator, but in those other places, uh, in China, we had a translator. So that makes it even, you know, more frustrating. Um, or just a different experience because you have to, you know, speak through someone like a middleman. Uh, yeah. You know, but those two places are, yeah, def definitely a different experience. But um, in Europe, you know, they just, you don't get a translator, you got to figure it out. So, you know, you got to... Everybody understands buckets, though, so that's all right. <laughs> yeah, a lot of the, the basketball players that you play with, you know, they've been professionals for, you know, five, ten years, so they know how to speak good enough English because they, you know, been around Americans because, you know, you're going to see Americans if you're a professional uh, in Europe. 
because, uh, you know, American players are everywhere. <laughs> so, you know, English is a good language for basketball, but uh, other than that, yeah, they just drop us off in Europe. But uh, in Asia, we got a translator, and that's why Australia has been a blessing, you know, because, you you know, people speak English here. So, uh, you know, it's been definitely one of my favorite already so far. Um, we'll go back to the draft night. I think Hesh had a really good question about draft night. Um, yeah, man, I, I was I was um, just looking into your, your career, man, and I was just thinking about it, and I saw you got undrafted, obviously declared for the draft, you got undrafted, and then that same night you got signed by the Cavs, is that right? Yeah, yeah. So what was that emotional emotional roller coaster like? You must have been excited draft day, go undrafted, and then you find out, oh no, I'm actually getting signed. Yeah, it was crazy, man. If you actually watched the movie, um, you will see that I'm a big LeBron fan. So like, I was always wanting to go to the Spurs. That was my dad' favorite team. Uh-huh. And he passed away when I was in college. So when I went to the draft, which was at the end of college, you know, I wanted to go to his team or the Cavs with LeBron. So if you watch the film. Um, you know, the Cavs was real interested in me and the Spurs. They had brought me in for extra workouts, both of those teams. Um, so I knew those teams liked me and they had picks at the end of the draft. So, you know, after the Cavaliers last pick, which I think was like 55, they called me and I signed, you know, even before the draft was over. So, you know, I definitely had to wind down to the end. Like I said, you, you will see it on the movie, but, you know, I got the call from the GM you know, during the draft. So it was a celebration for me and my family, a small celebration after a long night, man. But, uh, you know, it all paid off that, that small, you know, like I said, for, for me to go play with LeBron, I was excited. And uh, I actually went to summer league with the Cavaliers first. Yeah. Um, before I did Austin Spurs, before I went with the Spurs. So, you know, it was cool to play with LeBron, you know, train there, get ready for training, get ready for summer league. With them, and then, like I said, now my best friend LeBron, I mean, my best friend Alfonso McKinney plays with the Lakers and LeBron. So, you know, we just always talking about that, how he's soaking that experience up and just how everything's just so connected. Um, for me to even get picked by the and for him to play with them, you know, right now, one of the people that we admire growing up. For sure. Did you have a lot to do with LeBron? Do the, do the superstars get involved in some summer league stuff? Do they come down and make the guys that get signed and things like that? or? Uh, well, it was crazy because he did come to a game and I caught a lot. But um, <laughs> what happened was, you know, at that summer, uh, Kyrie Irving was hurt. And then it's crazy that I'm even saying how this is connected. Well, Matthew Dellavedova had signed back that year. So that's why, you know, that was their three-point guard. So I couldn't get on the team because they had um, – uh, damn, I forgot the other one. Um, but they had three point guards. They had three point guards that they signed during like around right after summer league around the summer, you know, at the free agency. So then that's when uh, my agent put me with the Spurs because, um, you know, playing with them was a good was um, would be good for me because they were one of the best franchises in the NBA. So I got to play with both teams, like you say, even in a short stint within two months. You know, I got picked by them and went to the Spurs, both teams, actually. So, you know. Matthew Devil Dover took the Cavs spot. I went to the Spurs. And, uh, you know, now I'm here in Australia just working to get to the NBA. So it's all, you know, just working as it, as it is. Um, we'll move on to the um, NBL and what you're doing currently. Um, you're currently averaging 17 points, seven assists, and five rebounds, shooting 40% from the field. Um, I was talking to Hesh before, and I said it before you hopped on, but I think Southeast Melbourne are a massive dark horse to win the chip this season. Um, they're my pick whenever someone asks. I think you guys in a series will be very hard to stop, especially with the addition of Brokoff. But um, yeah, 
um, let us know what you think you guys have to do to bring home the title. Yeah, man, we got Brokoff coming. We got me coming back. Like you said, we got uh, Dane coming back, uh, big man. Uh, and we got uh, Adam Gibson, Gibbo coming back, another leader, score veteran. So uh, we got four really, you know, probably starters in this league, strong team coming back. Um, we already, like you said, really strong, played a strong schedule to start and, uh, you know, sitting in fourth place right now, I believe. So, you know, as we, you know, get through this cup, um, I believe we'll start, you know, peaking over 500 as this winds down. And, uh, yeah, like you said, we're definitely going to be there at the end. You know, whatever team we get matched up with, who was ever one through four, whatever, wherever we land, even if we, you know, get the fourth spot, you know, that team know that we're that we're strong and that in the series, you know, like you said, if things are going right for us and everybody is healthy, God willing, you know, we're going to definitely play a tough game and be able to beat anybody. So, you know, we play to win championships. I think uh, we all have, we all, you know, able to see that, that um, when you get a chance to do it and you have a good enough talent. You got to take advantage of it. So, uh, you know, we all excited what we can do about this for this for this club. You know, early in their in their short history of two years. So, uh, you know, we just want to compete and just be one of a good team in Melbourne. So, you know, it's it's fun for us. It's easy for us. Um, you got uh, Cam Glidden on one wing, and I don't know how Ryan Brokoff's going. I think he's had like a week and a half in lockdown at the moment. But you got him on the other wing, and you at the guard. That looks get out. He get out. I think this weekend actually. Yeah, you got Creek and you got Wetzel underneath. That starting five looks very strong. Um, so yeah, I think you guys are going to be tough to beat. Um, has you had a good question about the um, NBL? Yeah, man. How have you found the NBL so far? Anyway, we'll start with that. Man, I like the NBL. It's been fun, man. It's been fun. Like, you know, all the games are competitive. I like how they cover the league. Um, I don't know. Here we just feel like we're in our own bubble just playing, man. Like, I think, um, you know, people enjoy the game here. Um, you know, we play a good style of basketball that uh, makes it fun to watch. And um, it's good competition. You know, they let the stars shine, all the players play, and they promote it. Um, like I said, even the Australian players, you know, so it's been fun to play against them. You know, they make the league real competitive and strong. And, you uh, you know, I like the setup, how they're making it work for us during this coronavirus. You know, it's, it's a tough season for them. But, uh, you know, for them to implement the cup and to make NBL 2021 happen, because a lot of leagues shut down this year or having COVID problems, uh, man, they running it probably one of the best in the world right now. And uh, it's been fun. For sure. You said that it's competitive. It's I think the point guard position is probably one of the most competitive positions in the league with Bryce and Casper and Ty Webster and, and Nathan Sobey and, you know, every, every night you, you're going to have your hands full. Do you take those matchups personally when you come into them? Oh, uh, man, I mean, I like to feel like, you know, I'm the new guy here. So, um, man, like Chicago, like D-Rose, I'm just never going back down. I'm always going to try to win. So, like I said, I like that this team has a chip on their shoulder, you know, being from the Heartland, being from Melbourne, you know, new team, want to get the shine. And, uh, yeah, I think we all carry that with us, you know, as a staff, as a club. And like you say, with, the, with uh, you know, us having a strong backcourt with, you know, me, Adam, Brokoff, Cam, you know, you can even go far as Ruben. And, um, and like, guys like Kendall, you know, Isaiah showing what he could do. 
And then, you know, it's having a front line of four solid guys, like I said, Creaky, uh, Ben, um, Creaky, Ben, Yanni, and Big Dane when he comes back. Like uh, our solid four and four guard, guards and bigs rotation, like you say, going to be put up, you know, with the best of them. And those guys are going to produce. So, uh, you know, it ain't just about my matchup. It is, you know, a lot of point guards. But uh, like I say, we, we could be strong defensively with our length and uh, – and our strength in our lineup. And then, you know, with Coach, we always have one of the best offenses so we can fill it up. So, man, I like I just like playing for this team and this league, and uh, it's going to be fun for us. Like I said, we're going to be there at the end. Um, I've seen recently um, Kyle Adnam has been um, stepping up. I mean, do you guys go at it at practice? I mean, man, he's sixth man of the year, one of the best shooters I've ever seen. So it's just been fun to work out with him every day, work with him, think, you know, think the game with him. You know, as the season started, Coach see that we need to play more together and that he needed to play. And, you know, he's definitely, like you said, he's probably averaging about now 17 points a game. He was already averaging 15 points, you know, had his career high and assists, you know, first game with me being out. And then against uh, Bryce Cotton had, you know, down, we lose by one, he had his career high in points. Um, it just show you that, like you said, yeah, in practice, iron sharpens iron. Like, I push him, you know, on the offensive and defensive end. And he pushed me, you know, on the offensive and defensive end. And that's to, uh, you know, not beat each other out, but just play harder, play better. And uh, you see it's been showing, like, offensively, he's been doing his thing. I've been doing my thing. Uh, defensively, you know, I've been doing my thing. He's been doing his thing. Guys like Isaiah coming in and scoring and playing defense. Um, you know, it just it's just been, like I said, a fun, strong team. And uh, we just got a lot of depth on this team. And uh, like I said, even with the injuries and everything, it's going to show how strong of a team we is. And we're going through this to show that, you know, we're only going to get deeper and stronger as we get better and the season goes on. And that's how I want to be at the end when you plan for, the, for you know, to bring everything home to win. Um, that's high praise. If you say he's one of the best shooters you've seen, I mean, you've traveled pretty much everywhere, played with a lot of players. So. Yeah, he can the bucket. I call him Sniper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he must, have a, he must have a clip. Next, we do this segment when everyone comes on, uh, 10 quick questions. Um, so they're just quick off the rip, uh, just like random questions about anything. Um, the first question is, I know you said before that you're a Chicago guy, but then you said LeBron James is one of, you grew up watching him. So who do we prefer and why? LeBron or Michael, well, LeBron or MJ? MJ, uh... You know, even if LeBron, you know, he's going to eclipse him on, you know, points, rebounds. You know, he's going to have number one position in points. Uh, he's going to have rebounds, assists. He's going to be up there. And, um, you know, even if he get more championships, then I think what LeBron, what Mike did for the game, you know, I appreciate both. And it was, if it wasn't for no Mike, you know, a lot of players won't be where, the, where they are today. And, um, you know, with Mike being from Chicago and bringing my city six championships, you know, we could have had eight if he didn't retire and take that year and a half off and lose that year to the Magic. But uh, we could have had eight straight, and uh, he forever the GOAT. You know, he never lost in the chip. So, you know, he the best. You know, he lost in the playoffs like like LeBron, but uh, he never lost in the championship. He always brought it home for my city. So, you know, Mike and LeBron, 1A, 1B. For sure. Yeah, All right, what about right now? Best player in the NBA? Best player in the NBA right now? Yeah. As in literally today. Like right now, like, yeah. 
Yeah, let's go right I'm, now. Yeah. Kevin Durant, as in literally today, but the best player in the NBA this generation is definitely LeBron. Yeah, that's a good answer. I respect like that. Best player today, like talent-wise, KD. Yeah. Him in Brooklyn might bring that thing home. Um, third question. Um, who's the hardest player you've ever had to guard? The hardest player I've had to guard. Um, Who, like, for example, you've had a game and, like, you've gone like, damn, he gave me the work. <laughs> hardest player I've had to guard. Mm. You can say you can say nobody. You can say like. <laughs> That's a legitimate answer. I see you play defense, so. Yeah, like, man, I play defense, so it ain't too many people that guard real time. I mean, I say Patrick Beverly. I mean, that's probably the only person that guard. But he don't, like, he don't really guard at home like he do in the, in the league. But, like, he's definitely one of the best defenders I've played against, I would say. Yeah. Well, you saying all hard, hardest that I had to guard is scoring-wise, though. Yeah. Man. I don't know. I wouldn't even. I don't even want to say. I don't even know, man. As competitive, I don't even want to say. You don't want to get. You don't want to give anyone credit. <laughs> yeah, I tried to think of it too, but it ain't work. I, I seen someone on Instagram the other day, and it was like a picture of Patrick Beverly in high school, and they're like, he averaged thirty five points, and yeah. I was like, what? But yeah, yeah man. He motivation for for us. Like I say, going to my high school, you know, he's definitely one of the best players out. You know, um, the city. For sure. All right, what about favorite basketball shoe of all time? Uh, Kobe 8. Um, me and Hesh had this argument. Uh, was it earlier today? Uh, yeah, yeah. Pick a player, Donovan Mitchell or Devin Booker? That's tough. That's tough. It is tough. I'll take Booker. Don, Donovan Mitchell's first in the West, just quietly. <laughs> yeah, he is. But I say Booker, man. <laughs> I think I put. I think Booker got picked tonight before him in yeah. All Star draft. But it ain't just me that's picking uh Booker first. There's a lot of people, man. Booker, he real deal. Yeah, people ain't seen him yet. Favorite meal, favorite dish. What do you like to eat? My favorite meal, I go with some pasta, man. I spent two years in Italy, and man, that's pasta. So some pasta. Um, rank the top three fast food restaurants in order. The top three in the world, fast food. Yeah. I Man, I'll be trying not to eat fast food like that crazy. <laughs> I was gonna say you gotta keep like watch it, watch the diet, but yeah, everyone has right, everyone has favorite place, fast food. Chicago. I don't know if you I don't know if you're familiar, it's two places in Chicago. Uh Harold's chicken and Uncle Remus. So those two chicken spots. And then I'll say fast food restaurant. Um the best taste in fast food restaurant. I'm trying to think of a good one for y'all. Probably a, a pizza spot. I'll say Giordano's Pizza from Chicago. Uh, celebrity Crush, who you got? Celebrity <laughs> Crush. Rihanna. <laughs> yeah, that's a popular answer. Um, who's your who's your go-to artist right now? Who's in the headphones before the game? Uh, Lil Dirt from Chicago. And, and last question, I think I know the answer to this one, but you know you you can you can you can pick who's the best point guard in the NBL. 
Oh, yeah, the best point guard in the NBA is me. <laughs> <laughs> Good answer. I like the confidence. Um, we're going to uh, wrap it up right there. Um, appreciate you coming on the show. Um, we're rooting for you this season. You're killing it. Um, and hopefully you can stay in Australia a bit longer. Um, uh, we want to keep you down here. But, yeah, uh, thank you for coming on. And good luck with the rest of the season, bro. Appreciate All right, thank it. you. Hey, man, appreciate y'all highlighting me and the team. All right, perfect. Thanks, man. I appreciate y'all. Appreciate Thanks. it, bro. Have a good one. Have a good one. Uh, That's it for episode one of Oz Hoopers TV. We hope you guys enjoyed. Um, merch uh, is coming soon. Uh, we just got it. Uh, still waiting on a couple more things, but we've got to shoot an ad and then it will be up soon so you guys can cop that. Um, yeah, stay tuned for next week. Um, we've got some good guests lined up. Um, appreciate the support and yeah, thank you.